we're talking about how God wants to use us at our jobs and how he wants to minister through us and how we can serve other people. We've talked about how we can accept people and how we can make the, make a difference in their lives. Another thing we can do is forgive other people freely. If you can minister by offering forgiveness and by asking for forgiveness when you need to, it'll make a difference. A CEO of a large company was uptight and angrily chewed out the entire staff. She went into her office and five minutes later called them back together and said, I'm sorry, I blew it, I shouldn't have said those things, I was wrong, and I need you all to forgive me. A lady came up and said to her, your Christianity is real, and I want you to tell me about it. You see, sometimes the best thing we can do is admit that we're wrong and admit that we've had a bad attitude and admit that we said something we shouldn't and ask for forgiveness. And when we blow it, it's important that we do that. Colossians 3.13 reminds us, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, just as the Lord forgave you. Bearing with one another is being patient, not judgmental, and if we are, to ask for forgiveness. We are to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. And, and another thing we can do is help others willingly. Proverbs 3.27 tells us, whoever Whenever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. Never tell your neighbor to wait until tomorrow if you can help them today. You see, a cup of cold water, the Bible says, given in Christ's name, will be rewarded on the day of judgment. 1 Corinthians 15, 15 reminds us, your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Nothing we do is worthless if we do it in the name of the Lord. And if we serve other people, it makes a real difference. But I want to mention something else that I think is really important, and that is I want you to see that it's not enough to succeed at work if we fail at home. And it's important that we <coughs> succeed both places, and that's a difficult, difficult thing to do. Many people are very successful in their work, but very much a failure in their family life. And... We don't have to, it doesn't have to be that way. God wants us to overcome that. He wants us to experience what he can do in that. So let's talk about that for a, for a little bit. We live in a, in a success-oriented society, and we're pushed and we're pulled and we're prodded to be successful. Now, that's okay if you define success God's way, but most of the times it's not defined that way. What is your definition of success? Usually it means a large house, expensive cars, country club memberships, and the best clothes. There's nothing wrong with any of that unless that becomes the focus of our lives and unless that puts us, puts, is, is put in front of Christ. The career, uh, usually that is defined as successful, is defined in quantitative terms and not qualitative terms. A man may be an alcoholic or and on his fourth marriage and his kids hate him, but his associates loathe him, but if he is filthy rich and the CEO of a big company, then people think he's a success. You see, success is almost always thought about as career achievement, which means that marriage and children and friendship and morals uh, sort of take a back seat to all of that. Let's look at some of the things the Bible would tell us if we're going to succeed in our home life, our marriage life, our family life, as well as our work life. 
respond to the warning of God's word. Jesus warns us in Mark 8, 38, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus said, if you're a success in this world by the standards of this world and, and lose your soul and do not know Christ and do not spend eternity in heaven, you're a fool. He told about a rich man who who had riches and he built bigger barns to so he could so he could get richer and and he talked about how great he was but then that night he died and everything that he had was left for his family to fight over you see we can amass money achieve success and yet be a failure leo tolstoy told about a, a story about a poor man who was offered all the land that he could walk around in one day the man hurried to get around as much as possible but his exhaustion was so great, he fell dead just as he got back to where he had begun. And you see, he ended with nothing. That's when we try to do too much, when we try to put that ahead of everything else, it's, it destroys us and our lives. John D. Rockefeller said, I have made many millions, but they brought me no happiness. John Jacob Astor left millions of dollars at the end of his life and lamented, I am the most miserable person on earth. You see, having all that kind of success doesn't mean anything if you lose your family and if you destroy your marriage. Nothing's worth missing God and his purpose. And because we're eternal beings and life is br brief and, and soon we'll be <clears throat> heading into eternity and the things of this world aren't going to satisfy anyway. Two women were talking. Era, Ellen and Sharon were sharing lunch together. Ellen was, was, in a, was with a small advertising firm and she had achieved modest success in her career, though she was not a this was not a major goal for her. Rather, she placed priority on balancing her time between her work and her other commitments, her husband, her children, her, her ch church, her neighbors. Furthermore, her personal character and its growth meant everything to her, certainly more than career advancement. By contrast, Sharon was an entrepreneur whose business smarts had catapulted her to prominence in the community. Her walls were covered with plaques and letters of commendations and pictures of her shaking hands with outstanding political and civic leaders. Reflecting on her friend's success and prosperity, Ellen remarked, must be very gratifying to you to enjoy such a place of influence and importance in this town. I'll tell you what, Sharon said, I'd give it all up in a minute to have the quality of life and faith that you have. You see, she was seeing something in her friend that all her success and all her money and all her power had not been able to produce for her. Things don't satisfy. Our relationship with God does, and that's what makes the difference. And if, if we don't do that, then it doesn't matter. One man said, I, I own my own firm. I netted $2 million last year. But my wife and kids, they won't speak to me, and I'm living out of a hotel room. What's wrong? Well, his focus is in the wrong place. One of the most successful football coaches in America, whose name I will not mention, after a divorce, said this. He said, <clears throat> I have no reason to want to be married because now I'm the coach of a professional football team and we don't really need a wife. In college, you have to have a wife to go with you to all the social functions, but that's not true in professional football. And, and he said, the only way I could have gotten to this point is to put this puts coaching above everything else. Winning always comes with a price. 
and when that price is every relationship to you have, then that's that's what it takes. And uh, his, in his career, he has been really successful. But even his own kids said, one of his sons said his hobby was keeping fish. His dad's hobby was keeping fish in a seven saltwater tanks. The boy explained um, the fish, they may be perfect for him to have around the house. If he had a dog or a cat, they might bug him and expect something from him in return. The fish, they don't want to know him. They leave him alone. And that's, that's the kind of life that he lived. He's successful as a coach, but he failed in his marriage and his family. That's not success. Today, put Christ first. You will be successful. God bless you. Have a great day.